Danzig. And I'm Hannah Hampton, and you're listening to HR After Hours. All right. Well, today's episode is called Employer Branding or How to Be an Employer of Choice and Other Outdated Cliches that Only Human Resources Managers Use When They Don't Have Anything New to Bring to the Table at a Company Meeting that was called at the last minute because someone else quit this week. (gasps) (laughs) Believe it or not, that's the shorter title. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, But no, I I, I like the, you know, the direction we've taken over the last uh, couple podcasts, you know, we've talked about some changes in that are impacting our industry uh, or just human resources and businesses overall, such as the legalization of marijuana by more and more states. You know, we've talked about, you know, trying to determine uh, the appropriate amount of interaction and personal face time with associates. And we've really just kind of scratched the surface on a lot of topics that even some, even though some of them are really HR 101, if we don't change and make progress regarding these 101 policies, they'll become quickly uh, outdated if they haven't already. Uh, right. You think I'm on the right page here, Hannon? Absolutely. You know, after uh, our a couple of episodes talking about that, it really made me think, what are other policies out there? that are outdated and and where do we need to be going as businesses and human resources professionals to make sure that we are continuing to be a modern workplace or a workplace that can attract all types of candidates and uh, policy is is one that's important or something important for people to think about. So I thought it'd be a fun topic to discuss as did you. So I think you know what what we want to do here is talk about some of the policies that have changed over the work changed in the workplace over the past number of years and certainly you know we'll ask this again at the end of the episode we want to hear from you what are some of poli- some of the policies that you think are outdated and need to be changed so that's that's what we'll be discussing today and I'm really looking forward to our conversation we purposely did not use the word millennial mm-hmm. uh, in this topic because it's not about the millennial candidate as much as it is the modern candidate as those that have worked the quote unquote traditional parameters, the nine to five or eight to five and the commuting into work Monday through Friday as we've had an opportunity. And I say we because you and I have both experienced different Uh, work environments. And we're not millennials by any means. I'm the parent of a couple millennials. But as I've had a taste of some of these modernized policies, I'm not in a big hurry to go back and jump into an environment that is not at least testing them. Right. Absolutely. And same here. I I work in a very, I think, forward-thinking company when it comes to our policies. And I have gotten comfortable <laughs> with some of the things that we do. And certainly I I, I don't want to go back, but at the end of the day, let's get real. Policy is not the end all be all reasons for working, but certainly there are some nice perks. Some of the, some of the benefits or some of the policies can be nice perks. So let's, uh, let's talk about some of them. And I honestly, the first one I want to start with is one that I think is it can be somewhat controversial, but in today's day and age, as we, I feel, become more and more casual, dress code. Our dress codes need to change. They need to be, uh, I, I think, not as strict as in the past. 
So let's talk. Let's talk about the modern dress code. Uh, Mick, what are your thoughts? You know, this is one of those where I had a taste of uh, modernized dress code and I absolutely positively refuse to return to any environment where I have to wear a suit and tie. Mm -hmm. And I'm very serious about that. I had a position where I was expected to wear a jacket and tie pretty much any time I was to be seen by anyone in the company. I appreciate some of the finer things in life when it comes to clothing. At the same time, I have on Patchwork Madras and a Beastie Boys t-shirt right now. <laughs> and I'm comfortable. I'm happy in said clothing. My wife might not be thrilled to be seen with me in public all the time, but you know, <laughs> she knew what she was taking on when she married this project. <laughs> so yeah, th I think that that is a great starting point. I too, I think that you and I worked at the same place that expected the business formal anytime you were seen or to be seen. And I agree with you, though at one point, I think I had probably about 20 suits in my wardrobe. I have since gotten rid of them and I do not want to go back to that environment. I have to say, well, it can, as long as the suit is well, it fits well, it can look great. But then there's the situations where it's difficult day in and day out to wear suits. And then uh, there, I feel like that there a lot goes into wearing a suit. But I myself am currently, and I work in an office, but we have a very relaxed dress code where we even say we don't have a dress code. We want people to come in how they're comfortable. Uh, not having to buy new clothes to for the workplace. And I feel that people enjoy it. And they certainly are able to be productive because they're comfortable. And that's one thing. I mean, I, I just personally speaking, if I have a day where like maybe my pants are a little too tight or maybe uh, maybe my clothes are a little too loose and I'm feeling a little sloppy. To me, I feel like that's a little bit of a mental uh, hill I have to get over where I'm not comfortable. And I think it does keep me from being productive. Whereas if I can come into work being 100% comfortable, I love to rock a pair of denim. I like to wear jeans. And then I like to wear whatever top I feel like wearing, blouse, whatever you want to call it. That's where I'm most comfortable. And I really enjoy that I get to do that and feel that unless there is a reason, and we'll get into there are reasons to have a dress code, but unless there's an actual legitimate reason to have a dress code, I say let let people be comfortable. Yeah, I agree. I think the most important piece of a dress code is just to make sure that you wear things that can be considered appropriate. Of course. Rule of Rule of thumb is typically if you wouldn't wear it in front of your grandmother, don't wear it to work. And, you know, perfect example, I mentioned I'm wearing a Beastie Boys t-shirt. I don't wear my butthole surfers t-shirt in front of grandma. <laughs> I don't want to have to explain to her what a butthole surfer is or what it could have possibly meant, what Gibby and the gang was coming up with on that one. Right. Uh, so I wouldn't wear that to work. I think that's a pretty good rule of thumb. But I, I, I say to one, think... You just use good judgment. Use good judgment when when it comes to dressing at work. Like don't, you know, I think about Will Ferrell and that old SNL sketch where it was like casual Friday or whatever, and he's wearing Speedos. Like don't, you know, just use your good judgment. And I've had somebody who wanted to argue with me about the use good judgment. Well, not everybody's judgment's the same, and there's people with bad judgment. But my thought process is 
especially in uh, the companies where I've worked, it's like we spend a lot of time hiring people, so we trust them. Let's trust that people are going to use good judgment. And if, if their judgment is a little off, that's when you take them aside, you have a conversation, and you coach the person on their judgment and helping them make those correct calls. But I say just use good judgment and what's, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. And I think all will be right in the world if we, <laughs> if we trust our people to make good decisions. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can tell Will Farrell when he walks in the door uh, in the Speedos that day. Hey, Will, let's leave the Speedos at home. Bring more cowbell to work. Let's leave the Speedos <laughs> at home. That, that's what we're looking for here. A hundred percent. I do feel like there are going to be some industries and some companies where no dress code wouldn't work. And the first one, for some morbid reason that pops to my head, is you wouldn't have a casual work environment, say, at a funeral home where I think it'd be a little weird to see somebody in, say, a Beastie Boys t-shirt at a funeral or, you know, uh, helping somebody through that difficult time. So I'd say also think about industry, industry specific. But I'd say if you can, if it works within your industry and culture, let it be, man. It uh, goes back to what we discussed last week about knowing our role, you know, who are we appealing to, who is our client, our customer, our guest. And as long as we're comfortable with the way they would perceive us as the way uh, we're allowing our team members to dress, I think that is completely spot on advice. And then that rolls into more appearance standards, tattoos, mm -hmm. hair coloring, piercings. I mean, my goodness, Hannah, I, I kid you not. I had a friend in high school who was suspended until he shaved his mohawk off. And this what? was a, uh, you know, honor roll student. This was in a somewhat progressive high school. And this is obviously showing my age, but this gentleman shaved his hair into a mohawk. Mm -hmm. And the principal said, you can't come back until the mohawk's gone. So they made him shave all of his hair off, which at the Jeez. time was just as alternative. Um, but they were so stuck on that policy of no mohawks, where a hallow policy like that comes out, uh, let's call it disruptive hair. Uh, they were so <laughs> stuck on that policy that they punished a honor roll student who actually really had a lot of students look up to him and look to him on ways to react to things. And the reason I, I went on the, what seems like that really odd limb is, you know, remember if you are enforcing outdated standards regarding visible tattoos, hair color, piercings, whatever it is, you're, you're limiting yourself to who you can designate right. as a leader in your company. Yeah. I think you'll find that a lot of your more talented team members out there have a, a creative and artistic side to them. Certainly. And sometimes yeah, and sometimes that's what makes them great at their job. And it could be something like coding that uh, does not require a lot of artistic freedom, but that person, their body art, their piercings, mm -hmm. the ability to express themselves in different ways may be what they use to personally offset the tasks that seem mundane or menial to others. So it's yeah. the yin to their yang, right? It's the 
It's what they feed. They have to feed their creativity one way to be able to work so analytically as well. And those are the things when we can have that sort of forward thinking, that's when we're going to be able to select, retain, develop the right people that are going to move our businesses forward. Absolutely. I'm, absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. And I, you know, Really, ultimately, that's that's the point is to create work environments where people can thrive, where people can I, I also, you know, people can be themselves. It's all about inclusivity and not having to change yourself to fit within a company, but a company welcoming everyone, welcoming differences, welcoming people to be themselves. And that's I feel like that's that is. I don't even want to say that's not the future. That is now. That is what we should be doing. That is where we are today. And that's why those those policies to me are very outdated because we don't want every employee just to fit into this little box. We want to have different thoughts, different ideas to push us forward and push us into the future. Well, speaking of box, so when I think box, I think things that are restrictive or mm -hmm. containing. Let's talk about outdated now some industries it you you can't have a lot of creativity in scheduling sure. most you can though especially yeah. the monday through friday eight to five punch in punch out what are some of the more successful models that you've either witnessed or worked in sure and you know and you're, you're so correct like i would say in in retail and restaurants and like a doctor's office these are places where you need to have a schedule because a customer is expecting you to be open when you promise to be open. So those are places where you really can't have as much flexibility. Like you can be flexible in scheduling, but people really truly need to stick with what is on their schedule. But if you're in an environment where it is not like that, there's no reason to say our hours are nine to five because some people out there, you know, we've got people who are more productive in the later parts of the day or we've got people who are productive at 6 a.m or they want to start at 6 a.m i think that having a no an, a policy or not a policy around set work hours but saying hey we expect people to come in and do a great job and work when it works best for you within reason you know i think in most uh at least in the world where i work it's a very collaborative environment so you want to be around when the most of your employees are, but really being strict and limiting nine to five, I think is an outdated look at the work world. And we have people who have different, and there's just different reasons uh, on why that it wouldn't, it doesn't work anymore. And it could be personal reasons. And again, it's just productivity reasons. Some people are night owls where they prefer to start a little later in the day, stay up later in the night. So not have to get up quite as early or the folks that want to go to bed early, maybe that might be me <laughs> and start earlier in the day. So I, I think having set hours when it's unnecessary just seems like an unnecessary uh, way to keep someone in that box. That's right. Just another way the man's holding his back. Yeah, uh, man. <laughs> but no, I, I absolutely agree. And it depends. Sometimes it may just have to do with what time zone you live in. When I've lived on Pacific time, you know, it made more sense for me to get up early and yeah. work with the Eastern and Central time zones 
that having some flexibility as long as it doesn't impact the business itself or productivity is silly if you don't do it, right? Because like mm-hmm. you mentioned, I may be a morning person one week and then the next week I just seem to be getting my stride a little later in the day. Yes. And yeah. so I, my productivity may shift. Or as I get older, sometimes I do like to go to bed a little early and get up and get some things, personal things done in the morning and optimize my productivity and my performance. And the people that are good at it are the ones that you want to give the flexitivity to. And then the flex, flexitivity, I just made I up like, a word. I'm like, that's a great new word. I love it. <laughs> yes. Yes. So today's do the people that earn flexibility, and this is where I start to shift and sound like that old man shaking his rake, you, you have to earn it. But those that flourish in that type of an environment are the ones that you can give a lot more flexibility to versus those that, you know, maybe the flexibility just needs to be that, you know, they you know that they have child care issues on certain right. days and you'll let them in later that day or leave early and then power back up from home because that's, you know, all that uh, ability or position allows. But that's still something that a lot of companies haven't figured out. Yes. Well, and here, here's my advice, too, because I think sometimes people are, are afraid that they're going to get taken advantage of. And certainly there are people who love to you give an inch and they take a mile. But my advice, especially to uh, in, more inexperienced folks who maybe this is their first time with a flexible policy, like don't take advantage because that's how that's how policies go away is if people can't. Uh, use good judgment and take advantage or maybe stretch the rules a little bit. So I always tell people just make sure that you're just make sure you're not abusing it because that's a way to lose it. And for I feel for the most part, it's like the 80-20 rule. 80% of the people are not going to abuse it. Maybe 20% will. But as long as you're staying on top of having those discussions about good judgment, you'll you'll be doing fine. So I think Again, when it comes to hours, that flexibility, flexitivity is uh, is important. And which brings me to another topic of, of working remotely or having policies where people can work from home. What are, what are your thoughts on where we are today versus where we were? Uh, and what would you like? Where would you like to see companies going? I think employers are figuring it out that, mm-hmm. you know, there are times we need to be in the office and those times have become less and less frequent because people are becoming more tech savvy. And what I mean by Mm -hmm. that is the ability to use Skype, that the restrictions of the individuals have become less and less because there was a time where people were restricted Mm -hmm. by their their understanding of technology. But I think now that your internet services become part of your daily life, so has your, you know, your utilization of the different technologies associated with it. So there's no excuse not to be able to Skype someone for a meeting. What can be done off-site? What needs to be done on-site? And you may have as a leader say, you know what, when we're meeting as a group to work on this certain presentation or project, this is when I do want us to be in the office together. And that because that does still sometimes create the best brainstorming environment. And you mentioned that in last week's podcast mm-hmm. that sometimes you need that actual interaction and that's what works for you. So if you're leading a team on a project, you're probably going to say, I want everyone to meet you know, these two days on these hours we're going to meet in the office because that you may still want to pull up pull out the old markers and flipboard and do some brainstorming that way. I think everybody has their needs, but you think about 
people who, who want to travel or people who want to, uh, you know, just have a little bit of different work-life balance, maybe being able to work remotely, say that you want to take a weekend trip somewhere and you got a great deal on a flight on a Thursday, maybe being able to work remotely from your vacation spot on Friday so you don't have to use that PTO. As long as, again, you're, you're productive, you're getting your work done. I, I think personally speaking, I had a situation where uh, my father had a medical uh, situation and I wanted to be there. So my boss allowed me to work remotely from my parents' house, which I don't live in the same town as my parents. They're hours away. So I think about those pieces, which I am forever grateful that I was able to do that because I could help my dad as he was getting better from his from the surgery he had to have and be there for my parents as they're aging. It was I'm, I'm forever grateful for that time because with some of the stuff that had to, to happen. So I think about things like that, which uh, it brought a lot of points like the company. I was very I was very grateful to the fact that I got to do this. And I will forever think of that as a positive experience. Whereas if you think about if you were told, no, you cannot be with your your father who is ill, I, I feel like that that does takes away points and, and, and that is not going to help retention. So I think about those bits and pieces that help employee engagement, help people feel appreciated and help them realize that, hey, family can come first and we truly mean it. Those are the little things that you take so much stress mm -hmm. away from your associates and your team members that you could get them so much more engaged and excited about work because of just that little give, that flexibility. Right. And even if you have to police that flexibility with certain login times, <laughs> et cetera, that's still different because there are people that they think that they can do something and then they're not able to do it. And then your flexibility was for not. But if you have these policies in place to at least try it in certain environments or conditions, I think that's the key to being a, wait for it, an employer of choice. <laughs> There it goes. <laughs> so we have just scratched the surface on this, Ann, and I yeah. think we've got a lot more to cover. Uh, some of the things, you know, going in our upcoming episodes, we'll cover the basic needs of your team members yep. as far as PTO, competitive wages, benefits, uh, reviews, things like that. Those are all things we're going to cover over the next couple of weeks. So definitely, listeners, if you have some input, Shoot us an email at mail at hrafterhours.com, and we'll be right back. All right. Well, I don't know. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow, Hannah. Do you know what time it is? What time is it? Well, all I got to say is roll them if you got them, because it's time <laughs> for a smoke break. Smoke break. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun one. <gasps> Smoke break. Well, my goodness, Hannah, I will tell you, it has been so flipping hot the last couple of days. I don't even want to go outside for this smoke break. Uh, me too, my friend. Ugh. <laughs> I guess this is kind of what they refer to, what's that old song, Summertime Blues, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't know about you, but the heat, demoralizing, it's been you know, sucking the energy and motivation out of me. 
I have not had the chance to break away yet like some other individual that got to go to New York and have a big story about getting stranded on a plane and, you know, going to war with the man at American Airlines. My summer's been pretty boring so far. Uh, but let's first off, you know, it does the heat and just the summertime in general impacts employee engagement uh, or associate engagement. I hate the word employee. Uh, really? I didn't know that about you. That's interesting. Yeah. It, it's hard to be motivated and high energy when it's, yeah. you know, as hot as Satan's butthole outside. So, <laughs> well, studies show that people are grumpier when they're when they're hot, like when it's really hot. I, I read that article somewhere. Now, uh, I just said studies show. I don't know what studies, but basically I saw a headline somewhere. So don't take my word for it. But I well, if our listeners haven't hot. figured it out yet, Anna, <laughs> a lot of our statistics, we just make shit up. And then we'll go back, and if we're wrong, because we're usually not, if we're wrong, we'll go back and correct ourselves. But no, you are right. There have been studies, and I'll make sure 100% to... 100% of the time, we're correct 60% of the time. <laughs> Absolutely. I completely agree with you, and I have never disagreed with you. Yet in- <laughs> there it is. The facts just keep pouring out of my pile. But, you know, seriously, we've seen there are times where we're not as engaged. I have been dragging the last week and I even booked myself a, a long weekend to get myself pumped back up. So one yeah. of the things I did is I scheduled just a four day weekend, but I scheduled it instead of doing it last minute and being spontaneous about it, which I actually love being spontaneous. I didn't do it that way because I even tricked myself by saying, if I give myself a four day work week in three to four weeks, I will have that to shoot for, and I'll want to have all this stuff tied up before I take off so I don't have to do any work on vacation. So that there's a way that I have motivated myself to up my engagement level. So let's talk about some of the things that we can do both uh, as HR leaders to keep people engaged at work or just personally, what are some of the things we can do to keep ourselves a little fresh? Uh, what do you, what do you think? And what are some of the things that keep you going besides trying to create unrest on a grounded air flight? <laughs> so, okay. This kind of calls back to what we talked about earlier with dress code, but we had such a hot day where I am. I I wore shorts to work and I, it was a weird place for me to be in because I hadn't, I had not, I'm not the type of person who wears shorts to work, but I felt it was necessary. And it was funny because even somebody's like, are you wearing shorts? And I said, yes. But it was one of those things where it made me more comfortable getting to work and being at work. And I made a joke where I said, yeah, somebody on the train complimented my white pants and I said sir those are just my legs because <laughs> I'm a little pale but a little bit a little bit little bit but anyways uh I, I, I kind of joke but I, I I think another thing that we can do and especially as an HR professional having your influence and and doing some sort of employee appreciation or associate appreciation I, I apologize I'll use that word associate appreciation <laughs> maybe bring in Bring in some ice cream or let 
you know, loosen up that dress code if you've got one when it's hotter. You know, there's certain things that you can do just to make it a little bit easier on people, especially say if you're in an environment where people are commuting versus driving, it can be really hot on trains and buses. So maybe loosening that dress code for the summer. Don't Remember have... how fun that was to wear a jacket and suit in the summers back when we did that? That was Yes, so- I have so many fond memories of the days where I had a suit on in the heat because I enjoyed that so much. No, it was god awful. It was, it was the- terrible. I had I could only wear white oxfords because if I wore any other color oxford under my suit, I second I took my jacket off, my pit stains went from my waist to my wrist. <laughs> so it, that limited it and of course uh, I just think that you should have a business casual uh, culture in the summer if possible. And that's the thing. You might be a suit and tie environment and your business might require it. But if you go business casual to where they can wear polos and uh, different blouses and things in the summer, your uptight culture actually is fun and engaging to your associates. And there are other things we can do to help motivate ourselves and keep ourselves engaged. Find someone new in the workplace that you haven't done any projects with because you typically only work with the same three or four individuals. Or pick something about your company that you want to learn more about, even if it's not a direct part of your role. And, you know, make sure, you know, you tell people, this is why I want to learn this. I I just want to know as much about the company as possible. Plus, it just gives me, it's going to keep me engaged and excited. So no one thinks that you're going in to make sure they're doing their job correctly. Or... Find things at home that can keep you engaged in the nice cold AC. Treat yourself, things like that. What else do you have, Hannah? Well, I'd say another idea is to take a mental health day. Uh, You know, obviously scheduling permitted. If you have a day that's light on meetings or projects, take a mental health day and go see a movie. I I love the whole classic, you know, you're in a dark air-conditioned theater, and uh, that's a great way to escape the heat and in the summertime, some fun movies always come out. I know I recently saw the new Spider-Man movie. So uh, take a mental health day. Go to a matinee in uh, middle of the work week. I feel like that that's fun. It's exciting. And it shakes it up a bit. Absolutely. I did the same thing. I went to a baseball game in the middle of the week. Even put up some things on social media, some memes about faking being sick. (laughs) I did, you know, it was one of kind of called it my Ferris Bueller's day off and took different pictures of me in different compromising positions throughout downtown, showing people that I was out and about on an adventure and comparing myself to the, the great Ferris Bueller. And that made it fun for me. And you're right. If you take a mental health day, celebrate it so your other co-workers know that it's okay i'm so sick of people that only take days off because they're sick or if they take other days off they won't share with anyone because they feel guilty well get rid of that Mm -hmm. guilty culture about taking a day off and like you said celebrate what they did hey i went and saw the new spider-man movie it kicked butt or i went to this game and look i was arrested after running on the field after six (laughs) beers footage at five whatever it is 
celebrate the fact that you just opted to do something for you and it, it make it something at work, you know, encourage it, that they use a PTO day that way and share it and see who comes up with the most creative postings or social media sites and then give them a bonus PTO day. How's that for employee recognition? Oh my gosh, I'm brilliant. I've got to start doing some <laughs> consulting on this sort of thing. Am I right? We should. Yes. I mean, self-care, I feel like it's kind of a buzzword, self-care, but it really is important that you take your, care of yourself. And, and burnout is real. Burnout happens. And if you take the time to take breaks, take that random day off to take care of yourself, it's you're going to be better off. And again, this in the, in the heat, especially for folks who commute and have to deal with buses and trains and uh, not promised air conditioning in either of those, it's kind of nice to have that option of knowing like, hey, maybe I'll just take a day off midweek. It works for my schedule, it works for the company, and I really need that day for me. I say just do it. There's no reason you shouldn't, again, but you deserve those days and you deserve a day to think about you and take care of you. So as we have talked about some other pieces and we've just, you know, really touched just the tip of the iceberg, things we can do to keep team members engaged, or once again, as we call it, employer branding, how to be an employer of choice and <laughs> other outdated cliches that only human resources managers use when they don't have anything new to bring to the table at a company meeting that was called at the last minute because someone else quit this week. Um, <laughs> as we dig deeper into that subject, I do think celebrating your personal victories, your work victories, those are other things you can do for yourself to stay engaged. But share those things with people. As an HR leader, like I said, I think it's a great idea that we require everyone and, and, and get with your supervisor or boss and see if they're willing to give one bonus summer PTO day and then just run with it. You know, like I said, put the challenge out there. Best use of a personal mental health PTO day this summer uh, and, and give away prizes. And like I said, encourage social media branding or whatever they want to do with it. But I think those are things that we can do. Like every, anytime I have a really good placement or I had a great week at work, I buy a graphic novel. Nice. I'm almost 50 years old, Hannah. I still read graphic novels. I love them. I am very excited about the next one on my read list here. Um, but seriously, I buy myself something and I've made it, it smaller. It used to be a pair of tennis shoes and I still have boxes of unopened Adidas in my closet. So I figured that became a little wasteful, but, you know, reward yourself with a great meal, um, upgrading your typical Friday movie to going to a play or the theater and see a comedian, just do something to celebrate how hard you work. And then maybe that'll make the next week not seem so tough. I love that idea. I think it's uh, I think that that's that's fun. And any any reason I have to to do a little extra uh, internet shopping is fine by my book. <laughs> well, we're actually going to have an intervention about that after this particular <laughs> episode. I've been spending some time discussing some of your recent purchases with your husband, and we both have concerns. 
But anyway, on a lighter note, other than Hannah's addictions, let's just make sure to try to keep it light, make it fun. And like Hannah said, you know, do bring ice cream into the office. Take an extra 30 minutes at lunch uh, to cool off, whatever it is. But let's just make sure that you're so. Yes. What did you say? What was that? Cold brew coffee. Have a have, have, bring in some cold coffee, you know the cold brew kind. Uh, bring that in for those who maybe don't want to do ice cream. People who are calorie conscious. Uh, that just popped in my head. Let's have some cold coffee. That is not what I thought you said at all. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. With that being said, we'll talk to you next week. Hope you enjoyed our smoke break. <laughs>